0: Welcome to the Primal Endurance Podcast. Slow down and enjoy the show, where we rap, literally, about everything you need to know. I'm your host, Brad Kearns. Are you ready? Let's go. Hey, Brad Kearns here, host of the Primal Endurance Online Mastery Course. It's finally launched. We're so excited to share it with you. Let's hear what Lindsay Taylor has to say about it
1: be on the lookout for upcoming
0: announcements about the primal endurance mastery course that we will be releasing very soon. I just had a chance to preview it and it is going to be so rad you guys. And I'm not just saying that because I am one of the featured experts. I am really excited about it. Brad did an amazing job with this. It's going to be such a great resource for people who want to dive really deep into the concepts covered in the primal endurance book and in the podcasts It's really amazing, you guys. I'm super stoked about it. Hey, listeners, I have Chris Kelly on the line from far away. Thank you for joining us in our time zone. Nourish, Balance, Thrive is your operation. I want to jump right in and tell us what the heck you're doing over there because it's very interesting.
1: Sure. Thank you so much for having me, Brad. It's an honor to be here. I've learned so much from you and your podcast and from Mark's writings. It's quite exciting to be talking to you here today. Uh, so tell us what the program's all about. Sure. So I think before I tell you what the program is, I should tell you why I'm doing it. I'm a mountain biker and a computer scientist, and I came to the U.S. in 2001, fell in love with the West Coast lifestyle, got very competitive on the bike, was having a really good time, winning races, upgrading, eventually got my pro license in the end. But off the bike, I was suffering from a whole bunch of chronic health complaints fatigue, insomnia, bloating, diarrhea, low libido, brain fog, all kinds of stuff. Went to my local medical doctor who prescribed me Viagra for uh, erectile dysfunction and sent me to the gastroenterologist. And so I went to see the gastroenterologist, and the gastroenterologist said it's nothing to do with what you're eating. And I, didn't, I wasn't very happy with that answer. It didn't seem very good to me. And also, They recommended some potentially harmful steroid drugs. And then when those stopped working, we've got surgery for you. Uh, Really terrible, almost worse than useless answers. you know. Another time I met my wife who had just finished her master's degree in food science. And she said to me, oh, you should really try this elimination diet. I think you might get quite good results with that. And so I did. And the diet was a, a paleo type diet. And of course, I got fantastic results. And some of my blood markers I've been looking at over time, a high sensitivity C reactive protein came back down into the normal range. And it was this transformation that really was an emotional experience. It's absolutely incredible. And it got me wondering oh, what else is possible? You know, what else is out there for me? And so I got into some of the more advanced testing. I found a functional medicine practitioner and we did some urinary organic acids testing and we looked at salivary cortisol and we looked at stool testing. And I just found a whole bunch of other problems that were very fixable, things like a pinworm infection which there is a drug that works very well against, and then also overgrowth of uh, yeast and bacteria. And that was what was causing many of my GI complaints. So I think that many athletes listening to this will recognize the, the physique where you have almost zero body fat, but for some reason you have this kind of basketball shape where your belly is, you know, like, well, what the heck's up with that? And then almost all food makes you bloated. And, and then at that point, you know, that you have some sort of dysbiosis going on. And so these advanced tests, they allowed me to uncover these problems and fix them with nutritional supplements. And I would say that diet and lifestyle have been the two most important things that I've modified over the years, but, but certainly the supplements were helpful. And this got me wondering, oh, what else is possible? You know, what, you know who else is, is, is suffering from these types of problems? And so I got onto some podcasts. I started my own podcast. A whole bunch of athletes came forward and to work with me. I partnered with a local medical doctor who happens to be a pro mountain biker. And we started Nourish Balance Thrive. And that was three years ago now. So I, I quit my job at the hedge fund three years ago to start the business. And we've now run labs on about 1,000 athletes. And so I'd say the core of our program is all the stuff that you talk about on the Primal Endurance podcast, right? It's diet and lifestyle-based but we still find a lot of things on the advanced tests that can be fixed with nutritional supplements. So you get your foundation in place first, and then you look at some of the details in labs, and then you can make some some changes, some some corrections that, that always lead to improvements in athletic performance and the way that people feel.
0: Oh, that's interesting because I think the early part of your story is so familiar to so many of us. Even the highest level of athletes like you were performing at, and I was remembering when I was back uh, racing on the professional triathlon circuit, and my my physical health and my peak performance meant everything to me. So I went around to all kinds of medical experts and spent all kinds of money getting those routine mainstream tests and getting, you know, the crazy suggestions that had nothing to do with uh, the cause of of the complaint, nor with my health. In other words, it was like, well, this drug will do this and, you know, then send you on your way. And I think there's probably, you know, a large uh, percentage of listeners that have had some sort of mishap with traditional uh, medical approach when it comes to looking for peak performance and causes of, uh, you know, dysfunction.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and I've come to realize now, you know, maybe several years later, that initially I just thought that medicine was broken, just fundamentally broken. As an engineer, I couldn't understand why they weren't looking for the root causes causing my complaints and, and addressing those. And now I realize that medicine isn't broken. It's doing exactly what we designed it to do, which is to treat trauma, acute infections, things that have not been going on very long, right? So I've crashed my mountain bike several times, ended up under the knife of an orthopedic surgeon. They put in metal plates, and it's a miracle. It really is a miracle. You're back on the bike within a week as if nothing had happened. And they do an incredible job with that type of work. But if you've got gas, bloating, diarrhea, brain fog, erectile dysfunction, and insomnia, forget it. They just don't have... Good... You know, so these are things that they, they call progressive, right? They usually only get worse, right? <laughs> they, they probably have the same conditions that you're complaining about while they're sitting yeah, in the room with yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. They're like... Yeah, yeah, I fall asleep too. Yeah, I know. Oh, you, mercy. me, and everyone else in that waiting room. Now get out of here. I've got yeah. you know, an office full of sick people.
0: Right. So let me ask you this. When you were out there uh, training and racing with these other top guys were you a unique case or were a lot of people in the in the high athletic realm uh, uh, suffering from similar conditions?
1: Yeah. So I thought initially I was a special flower, but no, I, I, I mean, it's not every single person for sure, but definitely there's a lot of people out there who have been affected by this stuff. And we found out, you know, we went onto the podcast and say, Hey, this is what happened to me. And this is what I did in order to fix these problems. We found out pretty quickly that I wasn't the only one. And recently I took part in a mountain bike race in Santa. I live in Santa Cruz in California now, and there was a local bike race. And this guy came up to me uh, two seconds before the gun went off and he said, Oh, I listened to your podcast. And I tried some of the things that you talked about and it fixed all of my issues. And I'm I'm so grateful. And he didn't even tell me what the issues were or what he did or anything. And then the gun went off and that was the start of the race. So I never really found out any details, but yeah, I just thought it was amazing that you know people are listening to the podcast and they're, and they're making changes and they're getting good results. And you, you may not ever even find out. You may never talk to them.
0: Well, I mean, I'm one of those guys because I said we, we got together uh, I don't know a while ago and I learned about what you were doing and I said okay, I'm, I want to try this because I have um, you know minimal complaints now. I feel like I'm pretty healthy and I'm I'm doing some uh, some magnificent athletic feats with my body over age 50. But at the same time you know, you wonder, uh, it takes me much longer to recover. I have some aches and pains that seem to come back over and over. I have some crash and burn patterns that I identify where, you know, maybe a day and a half after I do an intense workout, I don't feel so good in the afternoon. I got to go take a nap. And I'm wondering, is this all I got? Is this just getting old or, you know, what's, uh, what's behind the, um, the Iron Curtain of eating a healthy, primal line diet, training sensibly. I'm talking to other people on the podcast, so I better walk my talk with sensible training decisions and not pushing myself too hard. Um, and then, oh my gosh, man, the avalanche came. And I'm talking about the, the the delivery trucks from UPS and FedEx with another box and another box and another box. And this testing protocol is is absolutely incredible. I mean, you're taking... Uh, picking and choosing from the very most cutting edge uh, types of tests. So I thought it would be fun to, you know, tell me what happens when the person pulls the trigger and says, okay, I want to check out my health. What exactly are you testing and how does it work?
1: Sure. So we're doing traditional blood chemistry and many of the listeners will have done that type of test before. So that's where you go to Quest or LabCorp or one of those other
0: yeah, but it's not um it's not too traditional because I got 13 vials pulled when I went in there. The lady's like, she's like, You're almost my record. I did 20 on one guy, but he wasn't looking so good. I'm like, yeah, I don't wanna <laughs> I don't wanna set that record, but it's kind of cool that they're testing a lot of stuff.
1: Yeah, exactly. So Dr. Tommy Wood, who you've heard on a previous podcast, he designed uh blood panels specifically for masters endurance athletes. So it is quite comprehensive. We're gonna look at a whole bunch of things that a doctor probably wouldn't care to look at. So it is a big panel. And then we also look at urinary organic acids. So organic acids are small molecules that show up in the urine and allow us to measure your metabolism. And then also the metabolism of some microbes that are existing in your gut. So things like candida, um, some types of fungus, uh, some species of clostridia, bacterial overgrowth, So all of these things can be measured from a urine sample. And then we also look at urinary hormones. So cortisol, testosterone, estradiol, melatonin. We'll look at your circadian rhythm by you peeing on a a piece of filter paper at different times during the day. That's the Dutch test that we do. Uh, And then what else? We look at stool. So we do two different stool tests. One is a PCR DNA analysis And the other is a traditional stool culture where a microbiologist is looking at stuff underneath the microscope. And so they're going to find the potential opportunistic pathogens that may be disagreeing with your system, causing some inflammation and potentially slowing you down, potentially causing some of the aches and pains that you described about.
0: Um, And what we're talking about here is going pretty deep beyond your routine physical where the doctor marvels at your uh, physical condition and proclaims you to be <laughs> a perfect health specimen. So this is really for people that are focused on peak performance and, hey, you might find, you know, something serious and you, you, got a, you got a condition where you have to go see the doctor, but mostly this is kind of going above and beyond these people that are walking out with a big smile saying, I have a clean bill of health, but they got that bowling
1: ball stomach, Right. Right. Yeah. So we generally don't find things we can't fix. In fact, I'm going to go further than that and say we don't find things we can't fix, right? So for example, you know, maybe you're a perfect specimen of health, except for you have iron overload. So you actually have too much of a nutrient. And in which case that's very, very fixable, right? You can go to the Red Cross and donate blood and get rid of some of that excess iron in that way. Maybe if the iron overload is quite serious, you need a referral to a hematologist, but generally we do not find things that we can't fix. Right.
0: So if I'm I'm already looking at my preliminary blood results and you you got a bunch of normals, bunch of normals. But then I know this uh, was the case with my very healthy friend who lives in Southern California and gets a lot of sun and his vitamin D was like 18. Oh, and wow. he's like, uh, is that low? And I'm like, hell yeah, it's low. <laughs> it's, you know, this is a, it's a cancer risk. It's a peak performance uh, issue. And again, you start taking supplements and doing some, uh, maybe some further testing to see how your absorption is, but... Um, that's kind of what we're looking for is these little uh, check marks where you're going to come up with something that doesn't look right, like the stuff that you described uh, when you did your own testing. But what are some of the other red flags that you would say are common, especially like, let's say, among the training endurance population that can go and get fixed and uh, give an awakening of health that the person might not even
1: know they had? Sure. Well, it's funny you should say that because we have recently put together an online analysis. So I said that my background is in software engineering and we've been collecting all of this data in athletes over the past three years. And I've been wondering, can I predict the results of these expensive tests that we do given some sort of qualitative data like a health assessment questionnaire? So we did this comprehensive 51 question. They're all closed ended questions. So radio buttons that you click on health assessment questionnaire, and all of the athletes that we work with. And at the same time, they're getting all these expensive tests done. And then what I've been able to do using some advanced machine learning techniques is predict the results of these expensive tests. So we're very excited about that. I just launched just last week. So you can come to... I'll tell you what I'll do, and I'll explain why I'm doing this. I'll give you a custom link that you can put in the show notes. And that's on primalendurance.fit. Is that correct, Brad? Correct. Yes. So I'll give you a custom link. And the reason it's important that it's a custom link is because I think the reason I can predict the results of the test that you're doing so well, because I know these people, this cohort that are coming to us so well. So, you know, we've done podcasts with people like Rob Wolf and Ben Greenfield, and they are very particular sort of advanced athlete. They're not the usual kind of person you see at a marathon, should you ever attend one. And so I think that maybe my algorithms are so good because we're just seeing the same person over and over again. And sometimes we joke in our practice that we are seeing the same person over and over again. You see these very common patterns of of dysfunction. And, and so that's what our online algorithms try to predict. You can now do this health assessment questionnaire online, get the predictions. And so the things that we try to predict are gut dysbiosis, which we already talked a little bit about. Maybe you've got an H. pylori infection. Maybe you've got yeast or fungal overgrowth. Maybe bacterial overgrowth. Maybe you've got an overgrowth of C. diff, which is a pathogenic bacteria. Maybe you've got a problem with your circadian rhythm, and we can establish that by doing the times cortisol test. Maybe you have a problem with glucose intolerance. So in the training data that we use, we looked at fasting blood glucose, fasting insulin, hemoglobin A1c. And I can try and predict that now using the health assessment questionnaire. Maybe you've got a hormone imbalance problem, which could be high cortisol. Or in men, we look at low testosterone. In women, we look at low estradiol. And then finally, we look at low oxygen deliverability. So this is obviously super duper important for athletes. If you have low hemoglobin on your blood chemistry, you're not going to be as good as you could be. And so there's lots of reasons why your hemoglobin might be low. But if you come to the link in the show notes for this episode, you can do this online health assessment questionnaire, and I can make some of the predictions that I think we would see in your tests.
0: Uh, sure. the The cortisol example is interesting to a lot of athletes because I know there's a lot of dysfunction going on there. So I'm I'm assuming like maybe you'd ask a question like, uh, do you, Do you feel sleepy in the morning and then have a second wind of energy late in the evening, and and those kind of symptoms,
1: right? I'm glad you asked that question because it's very, very interesting. So I think you're right. I think that you could potentially diagnose a a cortisol problem with subjective questions like that. That is not how this machine learning algorithm works. So the way that it works is I showed the model. I trained it using hundreds of examples of people with high or low cortisol And then the model, it learned, literally it learned how to assess whether there was a cortisol problem. And it may or may not use the qualitative questions that a a doctor or a human being might use. And I said that there's 53 questions in our health assessment questionnaire in the online analysis. And each one of those questions has five potential options. So that means there's 1 times 10 to the 37, I believe, an extraordinarily large number of permutations. And I think you will agree that most people, not even doctors, can keep that many things in their head at once. And so maybe the computer is better at predicting these things than a human will ever be. Uh, But what's the question that the computer is going to operate off of? So it's going to look at the health assessment questionnaire. So you're going to do this same online analysis, the same health assessment questionnaire, and then it's going to predict what the results of your cortisol test are based on the previous examples that it, it, it has seen. Right? So I've shown the computer hundreds and hundreds of examples. And then the, the, the model, it learned how to spot whether or not, whether there's high or low cortisol, but it didn't necessarily look at the questions that you or I might associate with high or low cortisol Do you see what I'm getting at here.
0: Yeah, you can. So, so... Chris is a smart guy, but he can't answer my question. Exactly, exactly. I got it. That's amazing. <laughs> we don't know why, it just is. Exactly.
1: So this is going to be um, a really interesting question that comes up again and again in the future when we all start driving driverless ca- or not driving driverless cars. You know, not even the engineer will be able to tell you how this thing works, right? We trained a computer how to drive a car, but we don't necessarily understand what it learned it's a really interesting ethical thing that I think is going to come up over and over again. But yeah, it could be that the computer decided that cravings for fat and not being able to go very long between meals are the things that most predict high or low cortisol. But the truth is, it's looking at all of those 53 questions at once. So there's literally millions of parameters.
0: Oh, that sounds so exciting. And so... You're going to give our listeners a chance to take the questionnaire. Is that what you're saying?
1: Exactly. So you can now do the online analysis for free and get an, a sense of what your test results might look like.
0: Wow. Okay. Well, you know what? First, I want to put in a plug for signing up for the the entire protocol. And this is, um, you know, coming from the heart, listeners, because I I told you when I was racing, I I spent you know a good chunk of my earnings on the prize course. Uh, going and getting massage and chiropractic and advanced testing and doing everything I could for my body because I tried to make the rational decision that like I'm dedicating so much time and energy and and airline tickets across the world to go compete in a race so I might as well you know uncover every stone and I think we have unfortunately a different mentality among a lot of endurance athletes who are um, you know abusing their bodies. Paying a thousand dollar entry fee for an important race, booking the condo in Hawaii for three weeks, and you know, doing all that output, but then the the actual human body is, uh, you know, eating junk food and and not sleeping enough. And so, um, if you get a big picture perspective here, the the investment in the Nourish, Balance, Thrive uh, comprehensive testing, you know, it seems like a no brainer, a gateway into uh, pursuing these endurance goals because they are so difficult and they they require so much energy. So let's talk, uh, if you don't mind, what would a person do if they said, okay, I'm going to go for it, Um, how much does it cost, and then you're going to send me all the boxes with the delivery trucks and I'm going to go to town?
1: Yeah, so the program is it's comparatively priced with one of your bikes, right? It's just a coincidence. It comes out about that same amount of money. So I'm a mountain biker. And a really nice mountain bike that's going to enable me to be competitive, even in local races, eight and a half thousand dollars. If I'm going to have the fancy wheels and and all of that, that's about what our program costs, eight and a half thousand dollars. But you don't spend it all at once. There's a payment program. So it's front loaded. You do the testing up front. So the payments are, are front loaded and then divided in equal amounts for the rest of the year. And the way you get started, the online analysis, I think, is a really great way to get started now. You can get a, f- a sense for where your, your problems are going to be. And I've made some really nice whiteboarded explainer videos that explain all of these different types of problems that we find on the web page with your test results on. And then we follow up with uh, links to podcasts, which are our best stuff on the problems that you found. So I think that's the best way to get started obviously you can speak to a real human being and you can schedule that appointment online. You'll find the link to do that on the same webpage that shows your results. And then you can talk to a real human being and then we'll review some of your performance killers is what we call them. And we'll look at your history and then we can discuss how we could work on your case as part of our elite performance program. And we work using another thing that I've found to be really helpful in software engineering, which is the agile methodology. So we use this thing called a Kanban board. And so I want you to visualize a whiteboard with a to-do, doing, review, and done column on the whiteboard. And then we're going to think of all these things that you could do to modify your diet and lifestyle, fix the problems that we found in the test results. And I'm going to put these little action items in the to-do column. So it's like me picking up a sticky note off of one side of the board and then sticking it in your to-do column. And then we put a reasonable number of things in the to-do column and then you go away. You've got two weeks to move all of those sticky notes into the doing and done column. And then in two weeks' time, we meet again on video conferencing software called Zoom. And then we go around again. And we just keep going until we fixed all of the problems we found on your test results. And that gets great results. You know, there's just so much information out there these days. It's, it's difficult to know which are the things that I really need to be focusing on right now. And so having this way to quantify the problems and then manage the complexity and making the behavior change and taking supplements and all of that, we find to be really, really helpful.
0: Oh, so we're talking about retesting as we're oh, yeah, in, in yeah. process of getting this stuff handled.
1: Yeah, I get it. So the, all these boxes that turned up on your doorstep, the bad news is they're all going to turn up again in a few months' time. <laughs> so who knows how long. So maybe you know we're going to find some problems that take. I don't know how long they're going to take. So typically it's a few months. So the the program, the payment program is a whole year long, but that's not necessarily how long it's going to take to fix you, right? So maybe we can find some problems that could be fixed in just a few weeks, but it'll probably be at least a couple of months. So this initial set of testing that you're doing, that's the baseline. That's going to establish where you are right now. And then we're going to make some changes. And then we're going to do all the tests again in a few months time and make sure that the changes that you've made have fixed the problems that we found.
0: Do you ever get someone out of the gate who comes up almost clean and they say goodbye? Or is that like absolutely
1: um, rare? No, <laughs> no, it's never happened. In over, it's over a thousand athletes, it's never happened. And it, and it doesn't happen to, you know, I live and breathe this stuff all day long. I hope you can tell that I'm very passionate about what I do. I really have found my passion outside of software engineering and in health and fitness. And I continue to do these tests all the time and I continue to find problems. So the last stool test that I did I found uh, a parasite called cyclospora, which is not controversial at all. It's on the CDC website. You really should get rid of it as soon as possible. So I've been taking some nutritional supplements to get rid of that. And so, yeah, you just don't find people who are perfect. There's always something that someone can improve on. I was working with an Olympian last week. He definitely has some things that he can improve on. And for him, just even a you know even one percent could make the difference between a gold medal or a failed Olympics. So. Yeah, it depends on who you are, but we always find room for improvement.
0: Interesting because I also think um you know you you have your ups and down periods in your in your um in your athletic career and um I I recall I I mean I wrote a blog post about this too. I went in for for blood testing and my my testosterone, my my free testosterone was below the normal range. So if I was in with a traditional endocrinologist, they would have prescribed me hormone replacement and the whole thing. Right. And then five months later, I retested again, and I was at the 99th percentile of the male age group 20 to 29. So I was like a wow, kid. Yeah. But just a few months back, um, due to overtraining and exceeding my aerobic heart rate uh, over and over uh, with a miscalculation, thinking I was still a young guy and forgetting to adjust you know, all my years, I had dug myself a a kind of an overtraining hole and it probably, you know, naturally righted itself over the next months because I slept better and and trained uh, more carefully. But these are the kind of things where, um, you know, you can make your training adjustments and and slow down. But if you got those weird things cooking, um, you're talking about, you know, three years of declining performance rather than a six week protocol.
1: Right. right, Yeah. So important to, I think the time series is is something that's really nice to have. So rather than just looking at one blood test or one urine test, you establish that baseline and then you look at how that changes over time. So if your testosterone had been on its way down every single test that you've ever done, clearly it's not something just to do with part of your training cycle. Maybe there is some problem there and you know, our favorite thing for raising testosterone is to find out why testosterone is low in the first place, right under uncovering the underlying root causes and so yeah you you bring up some really very interesting and important points
0: well, what are some of the big ones because I know especially for male listeners but also for females having those sex hormones optimized, and we 're not looking too good as a as an overall uh, population these days. So what are some of the corrective exercises if you want to give away some some free info like you know, the most common themes you see and the hot button items to hit out
1: of the gate um, before you go deeper? Well, sure. It's, it's gut health all the way. I mean, that's the thing that we see um, as the primary underlying root cause of, of nearly all of the problems that we find. You know, one of the things I've learned along the road is that it doesn't really make sense to specialize in a particular body part right? You could go to an endocrinologist and they're interested in your thyroid. And then you go to the gastroenterologist and they're interested in your gut. And the two people are not really talking to each other. And that doesn't really work because one thing might be the underlying root cause of the other thing. But if I was to specialize in one body part, it would definitely be the gut. So we frequently see athletes who are still eating foods that they are sensitive to Frequently, they are dairy and gluten, although some other things do come up as well, like nuts and seeds and maybe egg whites, and there's some other common food allergens. So definitely food. And then we see overgrowth of these opportunistic pathogens. And we don't really know why this is happening, like why so many people are running into problems with gut dysbiosis today. It could be the overuse of antibiotics. It could be birth, more frequent birth by a cesarean section it could be something that's going into the food, right? Like Roundup, glyphosate, something that's going into the food is changing the gut microbiota and that's making us particularly susceptible to overgrowth of pathogenic bacteria like C. difficile. We don't really know, but we're seeing lots and lots of athletes with gut dysbiosis. So getting your gut health in shape, I think, is very important for both health and performance and longevity.
0: Yeah, that's funny. I I I did the C diff test because I was going to be a donor for an FMT procedure. Oh, and I flunked it. And I'm like, "What are you talking about, man? You no, know, it's like <laughs> it's a horrible disease that kills thirty thousand people a year in hospitals. Usually elderly people that are antibiotic resistant. But yeah. how could I be walking around with a positive test? It was. Is it sort of like a something to? Um, to not worry about? Or is that does that actually mean something, the the traditional medical test for C. diff?
1: It's all about context. So it's about the patient. So the people who are dying in hospitals, those are people who are immunocompromised. They're not fighting strong athletes like you, right? So what could be life-threatening for one person is merely a little bit of discomfort, or maybe nothing at all in someone like you. But we are using the same types of tests. So we look for some urinary organic acids that can measure the presence of C. diff. And then we also look for the DNA of the microbe on the stool test. And then also, two of the toxins that C. diff produce, the A and B toxins, those are also measured on the stool test. So we will know. And, you know, there's some really good treatments you can take. Uh, we've had good results in the past with uh, Saccharomyces bulardi, which is a probiotic, seems to do a really good job of displacing C. diff. But things are changing, like what maybe worked for us in the past may not work for us in the future. And wow. I, I'm just wondering uh, if at some point, as you said, that, that, that fecal microbiota transport, FMT, will be the standard of care for C. diff treatment in the future. Uh, among other
0: things, apparently, just... Uh... You know, getting an overall health boost. I'm reading some
1: articles that the cycling team was trying it. Did you Did you see that? I did. Yes, and I have interviewed Lauren Peterson. Lauren Peterson is the researcher from George Weinstock's lab that has been looking at the gut microbiome in athletes, and I was part of her study, so I am familiar with her work, and I was. I was introduced to her by Jeremy Powers who's the former national cyclocross cross champion who has also been on my podcast.
0: Um so the person that's going uh, for the uh the full the full treatment here is there any type of uh medical insurance alliance where they can alleviate the
1: out of pocket costs? The answer is no, unfortunately. I know it's annoying. It feels like it's Of sh- course not. We're in America. <laughs> I forgot. I uh, I know it's really annoying, but so so here's the thing, right? Um, you know, when I went to my doctors in the beginning and they they took my insurance and I, I realized I was in this system that, that didn't really work very well. And the reason I quit my job and started a new business was because I needed to make something that worked better than the traditional system for the types of problems that I was having. And in order to do that, I had to, I had to allow doctors to work in a different kind of way. So The reason that Jamie, Jamie is the medical doctor who I started the business with, was so keen to join me was because she was kind of fed up, right? She just recently finished medical school. She'd done her residency. She had $250,000 of student debt. She starts her job on day one. Somebody walks into her office. You've got seven minutes to fix them. Are you kidding? Like, what can you do in seven minutes? The only thing you can do in seven minutes is write a prescription. And some of the patients, that's all they want. They're saying, you know, write me the prescription, bitch. I want to get out of here. I've got a nail appointment. (laughs) And so it's just a totally different system, a different kind of world. And so what I've done with Nourish Balance Thrive is give Jamie and Tommy and some other researchers the room to stretch their legs and say, okay, so if I could spend as much time as I wanted to try and fix this human being, what would I do? And so they do the root cause analysis. They do the research And it all comes down to diet and lifestyle modification, maybe some nutritional supplements. And that's how we get great results. So it's a totally different type of system. So asking me to take your health insurance is like I would have to put my doctors back into that cage, right? (laughs) And they would have to behave like regular doctors in order, and and we know that doesn't work. So the answer, unfortunately, is no, I can't take your insurance. If
0: someone has budget sensitivities, what would you recommend? Is there a way they can get involved in a... um... On a basic level, I don't know. Um, I mean, that's you know, there's there's um, real life economics here, even though it's your health and it's your number one
1: priority. Mm. Um, Just just talking in general for all the listeners to absorb here. Yeah, absolutely. So I would do the analysis, right? And so you're going to find out which of the areas you might need to focus on first, and then watch the videos. I'm going to send you some follow up emails, listen to some podcasts, and then I think that the bulk of the benefits that we're seeing in our program are coming from diet and lifestyle modification no question and i think it makes sense to do some diet and lifestyle modification by yourself before you get into the expensive testing right i mean if you're someone that doesn't you're not so budget sensitive and you are time sensitive you're thinking well shit i've only got five more years and then i'm going to be done with triathlon then yeah sure come ahead come ahead come forward do all the testing we'll do all the diet and lifestyle modification at the same time that's no problem either but yeah, that's what I would do is just constantly focus on all of the, the diet and lifestyle modification stuff that you talk about on this podcast.
0: Right. So those big picture items, I mean, look at me. In my case, I was training, doing my uh, uh, aerobic runs at a heart rate of 142 when really my maximum aerobic heart rate was 130. Mm. And I just got back into training. I was so excited for speed golf. So I put in like six months of good running after I hadn't been doing much, um, all at that elevated heart rate, 12 beats over my aerobic. And that's when I, you know, turned into um, a, a medical case with low testosterone. Right. So just by slowing down, you know, that that took care of it uh, in, in a huge way in, in terms of the, you know, over doubling my free testosterone from five point something to 14 or whatever it was. So, um, you know, that's great. But I think uh, the, the thing that I'm really excited about when I first connected with you guys and, and getting getting this whole testing thing going is that, You know, our baseline is only our own reference point. So we have no idea what we're what we're capable of Mm. unless we've ever been there. And I feel like, you know, there may be way more in the tank. And that's what I'm excited about is to break through to a higher level of performance than than I've enjoyed before and not even knowing, you know, thinking thinking nothing's wrong with me or thinking you're all good and you can breeze through this podcast and not, you know, not take advantage of the um the testing opportunities, and like you said, with a 1,000 people. And these are pretty much healthy, athletic people, right?
1: You're not getting random people off the street. No, absolutely not. No. So, I mean, the bulk of these people are, you know, they they, they read Mark's Daily Apple. They listen to the Primal Endurance podcast. We've got a ton of people from the Ben Greenfield podcast, a ton of people from Rob Wolf. They're all those advanced paleo-primal, biohacker, In advance really advanced. So non-smoking. Oh God, no. I mean, that's the last thing that any of these people would do. So our reference ranges, they are they're set based on those people, right? So that's another interesting point is that when you get a test done with the doctor, the reference range is made up of two standard deviations either side of the mean, which encompasses 95% of all the people that do the test. What kind of person does the test? Well, it's the type of average person you see in a doctor's waiting room, right? So it's helpful to have someone like us, someone like Tommy to establish these new optimal reference ranges, which in most cases are evidence driven. So we found epidemiological data that supports our optimal reference range. So yeah, having someone that has a large amount of data, I think is really helpful.
0: You know, studying this vitamin D stuff in detail where um, most people are happy to see you over thirty, right. and then the vitamin D advocates, Dr. Michael Holick, and the people that are big into this, who are you know arguably far more expert at this particular niche topic than a general physician uh, population, and they're saying they want you at sixty or more. Um, then you have you know then you have a blood test where everything looks normal, quote unquote, mm. and then you know now, now you're looking at it from a different lens.
1: Exactly. Yeah, we like to look at the the resident expert as Chris Masterjohn. Chris Masterjohn, you know who Chris Masterjohn is, don't you? Sure. Yeah. Of course. So Chris Masterjohn has done podcasts on vitamin D and the parathyroid gland. So the parathyroid gland is the, the resident expert on your vitamin D status. And so one of the blood markers we look at is parathyroid. We like to see that maximally suppressed to about 30. And then we know that your vitamin D status is optimal. And for some people, that optimal number, it happens at a much lower vitamin twenty five hydroxy vitamin D level than you would expect. Right, other people they have to get it way up there, like fifty or sixty, like you said. So we like to consult the resident expert, the parathyroid.
0: Yeah, and this is way outside of um, the average person is too busy, and they're going to have to outsource and trust, um, you know, your protocol and your recommendation on that, unless they want to go deep into this. I mean, just that comment you made right there. It took me an hour to understand that and learn about it because we're spouting the new vitamin d recommendations in the primal blueprint when we republished it boy is that complex i mean it's like right. you know you're okay unless you're not okay and oh boy so um i know we have to get you get you off to your your next podcast you get your busy guy but is there anything else we should discuss in that uh, just uh acquainting the listener with the nourish balance thrive opportunity here
1: No, I don't think so. I just invite people to come forward and find that custom link in the show notes for this episode and do the analysis. And then we'll get Dr. Tommy Wood back on to talk once you've got some results in. I think that'll be a very exciting show. I I genuinely believe so. I've spent the last four years interviewing a doctor a week and I've interacted with many others online. And I honestly believe that Tommy is the best investigative md phd out there that's focused purely on athletic performance right so i think it's going to be a really fun podcast to get him back on and talk about some of the issues you've been facing and some of the test results that we're seeing and some of the potential interventions that we can make
0: uh listeners so if you didn't catch that show he's referring to to tommy wood was on the on the podcast you can go in the archives and, and listen to him and then what we've discussed here is that um I I want to go through this testing protocol and walk through it with you, uh, the listener, uh, as as we're going down the line and, and picking out like a real life example of things they're finding and um, how we're how we're going to you know pursue a higher level of health and peak performance. So yeah, I'm I'm really excited to to take everybody along on this journey and now the opportunity to participate with that um, that questionnaire. That sounds really wild. So. Um, we'll, we'll definitely, um, get that link out there and promote the heck out of it and, um, get, you know, get some population signing up. Cool. Thank you. All right. Chris Kelly doing his thing. Are you still on the bike racing these fools or just testing them?
1: Oh, oh goodness. Yes, of course. I'm still racing. Yeah. I did a a couple of mountain bike races earlier this year and I like, I like these gravel grinder things. I'm kind of into that at the moment. I did the Belgian waffle ride in in San Diego and that was the longest, I was 133 miles, the longest bike ride I've ever done. And so that, that was, it was all off road or what? Uh, no, about 40 or 50 miles of it was off road. Um, and then the rest was on road. Yeah, it's really, really fun. So I'm quite into those and I'm doing the Downeyville classic mountain bike, very famous mountain bike race in, uh, near Tahoe in, in California next month. So yeah, I'm definitely still racing, just hanging in there. All
0: right. Well, I'm so glad to get into some more detail with this exciting thing that you have going on and listeners go over and just check out the website. If there's nothing else you do today. The, all, all the podcasts and the information and the videos will give you, a, a, you know, a good acquaintance of what, I mean, I don't think there's anything like this that compares in the world in terms of testing for peak performance and health and balancing health as you pursue fitness goals unless, I don't know, what, what do you think, Chris? Oh, no, absolutely not. Certainly <laughs> not the
1: machine learning. And I'm, I'm serious. So, you know, I've been training with a guy called Jeremy Howard in San Francisco on the machine learning stuff. And I know there's nothing else like this on the planet at the moment.
0: And here's the other thing. I mean, I've been on this quest for, um, you know, about 30 years in terms of finding these experts, these, these diamonds in the rough, located all over the country and even internationally where, you know, I would order this special stool test and it was testing this one thing that might be a problem. And then I'd go to the next thing and I'd jump all around to the, the acupuncturists and the, the different uh, practitioners. Um, and it seems like you've been on the same journey too, and you've aggregated the best of the best and put it all together. So that thing, that seems like great progress that you know this is as comprehensive as you're going to get. There's no stone unturned. And that's why uh, you know it's probably easier than navigating the waters on your own. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Chris Kelly, Nourish, Balance, Thrive. Thanks for being on the podcast. This is your host, Brad Kearns, and we'll pick this thing up. We'll keep it going with Tommy Wood next time, looking at some test results. Thank you, Brad.
2: Hi, folks, Mark Sisson here, and I'd like to tell you about my biggest undertaking yet, the Primal Health Coach Program. My mission is to create a global network primal health coaches to help transform the health and consciousness of our communities into ones of optimal wellness and happiness becoming a primal health coach empowers you to take your primal passions to the next level and embark on a career you love inspiring others to live lives of vitality and lasting wellness if you dream of a career in health coaching but have been held back by worries such as the investment of time and money then i encourage you to hesitate no longer health coaching is the fastest growing specialty in all of coaching and we've created an online education program that allows you to learn from the comfort of your own home and at your own pace the world needs primal health coaches to provide a blend of ancestral wellness solutions to the modern health crisis the world needs you are you ready to become one of the world's most trusted experienced and knowledgeable health coaches To learn more about this online certification program and to take the first step toward a career you love, visit primalhealthcoach.com and subscribe.